Welcome back to Rad Dads, a podcast where I, Micah Sherman, interview some of the coolest dads I know who have a big heart for their families and even bigger love for Jesus. Today's episode, I am interviewing a dad who shares his family's story of fostering one of his children, of which him and his wife ended up adopting. Our verse of the episode is brought to you by Psalm 146.9. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Grab your coffee and let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Dads. This is your host, Micah Sherman. Uh, Today, we've got a great interview ahead of us. Um, I have the privilege of interviewing um, one of our closest friends up in Santa Barbara. My wife and I uh, got to live there and our family, our kids got to live there for four years and uh, and develop some close close friendships. So uh, today, get to interview the one and only Aaron Cronin. Um, Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I got to tell you, I've been a Rad Dads fan since the beginning. And have been looking forward to sitting on this side of the, the table from you. Yeah. My ears are turning red. Wow. Yeah. Just having <laughs> you. No, we've been talking about this while I've, I've been telling Aaron, I'd love to have him on the show and um, it's going to be a good time. So Aaron, since you've listened to it, you know, there's a scouting report. I know a bit of research. And so I'm going to get to brag about you, get to introduce you a little bit. Um, and you can confirm or deny if any of it is true or false. All right. You got it. Here we go. Uh, so Aaron currently works, uh, for AICM, Agape International Children Ministries, um, as their executive administrator. Is that your correct? Executive director. Okay. But I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah. Okay. It's just kind of a catch all. So you can really call me whatever you want. Okay. Well, you know, on, I, on your website, I think it says executive administrator on LinkedIn though. Wow. It says executive director. So it's just so you know. And that's awesome because I've never created a LinkedIn. So somebody's created <laughs> so for you. I don't even know where that comes there from. There you go. Uh, you also do uh, social media. You're, I said that you're the social media expert of Chick-fil-A Santa Barbara. Wow. Um, which you've been doing for a little bit. Um, you are one of the funniest guys I know, which is a fact. Uh, an incredible cook with the voice of an angel. Aaron uh, leads worship um, for his church. A huge heart for Jesus um, and serving serving Lord's Church. Uh, you and your wife, uh, really the ultimate power couple. Uh, don't I'm just going to keep pounding through with your <laughs> awesome gifts of leadership, worship, kids ministry, and teaching. First time we met you, you uh, you guys were helping out with kids ministry at our church, and we're really the first relationship that me and my wife had that just felt like church felt like home again, mm. uh, moving to a new city, and so. Um, you and your wife are, are, are that couple. Wow. Um, and you, I think you are for a lot of others too. Uh, you're incredibly humble, selfless spirit. Um, put your family first um, and others, uh, others as well. And then this is from your family now. Okay. So this is from your wife. All right. Yeah. I'm nervous about she, the, the report. They're good things. It. They're okay. good things. Your wife says you are protective, passionate, adventurous, and hardworking. Hmm. Those are good attributes. Those are good. Yeah. Good job. And uh, you're, uh, she also mentioned a fun fact that in your 14 years of marriage, I get that right, 14? Yep, 14 uh, this October. This October, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, that only one dish she has been, uh, she didn't approve <laughs> of. 
But yeah. every dish that you've made, she thought was amazing. It's true. And uh, that you're a good cook. I, I've experienced that myself. That um, is not com completely uh -huh. and entirely true. Uh, there's been a few that I remember. I'm not much of a baker. Uh -huh. I made an apple pie once, which okay. is your favorite dessert. Okay. And when she bit into it, she started to cry. Because so, it was so good. Because it was so... Let's move on. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. she didn't remember it, so... <laughs> just She said it was a flank steak. Yeah, that so, was that particularly was awful. Okay. Um, and then a story... Or your kids said uh, you do a great job taking care of them. And that um, their favorite story, I think one of them in particular, was when you rode a skateboard through the church's fellowship hall yeah. and, and you ate it. I ate it. And there was a there was a number of people who may have laughed, but your daughter yeah. kind of yelled at him. It was like, that's my daddy, you know, laugh at him. Yeah, I was a young adult pastor. Uh-huh. And I was gonna be cool and do like a running start on the skateboard. And like classic uh Charlie Brown with the football, yeah. you know, just ate it. Legs and went up. All the young adults are so kind that they <laughs> took it upon themselves to to laugh. And my daughter, I think at that time was about four was ready to fight them wow. she was very upset that they were laughing that was her dad yeah so she was actually protecting me in that moment right but, uh but she, good for you for just going for sweet. it yeah that's awesome hindsight's 2020 probably shouldn't have done that right yeah yeah but here we are so aaron if you could give us just a little bit more glimpse of your family what uh, your family looks like right now and then tell us a little bit about your job um and kind of the highlights which you most enjoy about working for aicm Sure. Uh, well, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Brianna and I will celebrate 14 years of marriage this October. Awesome. Just crazy because I remember when we first got married and you you see people who've been married 15 years and you just think they're ancient right. and old and yeah. and we're coming coming up on that. So You don't look that way, though. Thank you. You might feel that way, but you don't look that way. I, I appreciate that. That's, <laughs> that's kind. I do disagree with you. and uh, Agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, I met Brianna when I was touring with a traveling kids ministry group, uh, doing like VBSs, vacation Bible schools, camps, and I was dressed up as a gold miner named Festus, Ooh. and that's how I captured her heart. That's how when she knew performing in a show called <laughs> Tales from the Gold Mine, and uh, we had, you know, prizes we'd give out to the the children and I slipped a rubber chicken in her pocket and that sealed the deal. That was it. That was it. The rest was history. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we have three children. My oldest is eight. Her name is Adeline. My middle child is six. Her name is Charlotte. And our youngest is a boy named Mateo. And he just turned two Woo. in January. So two, six and eight keeps us really busy. Awesome. Uh, and as you mentioned, I work for Agape International Children Ministries, uh, which is a nonprofit organization, an international NGO that rescues orphaned, abandoned, and vulnerable children in Uganda, Africa. So previously to that, I had worked full-time in vocational ministry inside the walls of the church, uh, different churches for 14 years. And... Um, in a kind of transition of my life, God called me to continue to work in ministry outside the walls of the church. And so stepped in to my role at AICM um, full time in 2019, August of 2019. And I've been working in the missions organization ever since. 
Awesome. Any uh, favorite things that you, I mean, like, what do you love most about working for AICM? Sure. Um, I loved my years in church ministry. Uh, they were really fruitful, and Brian and I worked those years together, both employed at the churches we were at. Um, but it's a different kind of ministry, and I was sharing this with you in another conversation. Discipleship, sanctification, these are kind of the long game mm -hmm. in people's lives. And they're fruitful, but in a different way. Um, what I love about working with AICM is there's this kind of um, uh, immediate fruit that, that you see from the ministry. I know that if I do my job well, that the next time I'm boots on the ground in Uganda, mm -hmm. I'll get to sit in the hut of a family right. and look at that child who's going to school and, and, and see how their life is being changed by a sponsor to see that right. they're able to get health care when they get malaria or get typhoid. Yeah. And that kind of immediate um, sort of fruit from the ministry has been really life giving for me. Mm -hmm. um, when you are involved in missions and overseas, you, you get to see things sometimes that are hard to explain. And I think in Christendom, we call these miracles. Yeah. Um, and they've been really just, um, really good for my personal walk with the Lord to be right. a part of that. And, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about our care for orphans and widows. Right, right. And I'm maybe ashamed to say that for those first 13 years of my vocational ministry, um, that didn't have a huge presence in mm. my, my life. Yeah. And so to be able to, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, um, uh, feels like a worthwhile endeavor. Right. You do, you're doing the work that we should be doing as believers. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been great. I absolutely love it. Awesome. Cool. Um, so spoiler alert mm -hmm. for those who are listening, um, Aaron had adopted your, your son. Mm -hmm. Um, so before we kind of get into to that and his story, what, um, well, first of all, you are the foster to adopt dad. Did you know that of this, uh, of Brad dads? I do now. That's the episode. All right. The foster to adopt dad. Um, and, uh, so where did, when kind of did your desire for adoption and fostering begin? Sure. Yeah, our, you and your wife. Yeah, our path to fostering was not linear or clean or smooth. Um, you know, when I view kind of what happened in our life through fostering, uh, I, I kind of see like the culmination, the, the actual fostering and like the center of the circle and all of these things coming from different directions on the outside that led to that point. Mm -hmm. um, when we got married, I told Brianna, there's no way I'm ever going to foster or adopt. Mm. And <laughs> little did you know, little did I know. And, um, that, that's a, that's a huge part of the story right. is I was pretty against it. Um, I thought it was messy. Mm -hmm. I thought it, um, would introduce our future family to problems and trials sure, yeah. and difficulties that you want to protect your family from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so throughout kind of our marriage and, and God working in our lives, there are all these different things that happened. Uh, my involvement in Uganda right. before I ever 
joined staff for AICM and, and caring for orphans in another country, hmm. um, began to put a burden on my heart and in my life for, for the orphan, right. for the child who uh, has lost a parent to uh, death, disease, right. whatever it might be, local, regional, military conflicts, mm -hmm. or, or for the child, and maybe this is the more heartbreaking one, the child who um, was abandoned, whose parents didn't die, but they right. were discarded. And I think my experience overseas and working with orphans just in my life grew kind of a burden mm -hmm. for the orphan everywhere. Right. Um, that um, kind of paired with um, raising kids and being married in a, in a pretty politically divisive age mm. where things like Roe v. Wade recently have taken kind of the forefront of our conversations and mm -hmm. Supreme Court rulings have, have kind of brought that back into the spotlight and having to wrestle with always being politically pro-life. Sure. Yeah. And spiritually pro-life, but having that only be apparent in the ballot box. Right, right. Felt like a disconnect to me. I'm pro-life and I'll vote that way, but that's about the extent of right, yeah. of my advocacy mm -hmm. for um, the unborn life. Yeah. What happens when they are unborn? Is that is that all our participation is in that? <laughs> right, right. Then I mean, there's kind of two other veins that, that really kind of brought me here is having my own kids. Mm -hmm. um, and the joy that's present in raising them and watching them grow and, and, and watching how in a safe, loving environment, um, a child has this, this place to explore and grow and, and right. discover who God's made them to be hmm. kind of put on my, my heart for the child that doesn't have that opportunity hmm. that doesn't grow up in a safe environment or doesn't yeah. have a, a loving environment to explore who God's created them to be. Right. And then I think the thing that just was the, the tipping point was, was COVID. Hmm. Um, I had been traveling to Uganda about four times a year, uh, right up until the lockdowns. So God's doing all these things in my life, my family, my kids and orphans and right. politics, and I'm wrestling with it. And, and then now we find ourselves shut down in this country. I'm unable to go and be with the children I love in Uganda. Right. And now there are children here who are not at school, hmm. but they're in their homes 24 hours a day with um, abusive parents hmm. in situations that are unsafe for them. <clears throat> um, children who maybe aren't given meals to eat. Uh, because they're not receiving them through the public school program. Right. So we heard of this tremendous need of, of children needing foster homes. And it was just kind of the moment like our heart broke and we looked at each other and we said, is this the time? Is this the time that we feel like God is leading us into this adventure of mm -hmm. uh, foster care? And I just want to say like when we started it, we had no intentions of adopting. Sure. Our goal was to foster 
as many kids as possible mm. um, to help as many families as possible. Our goal is to foster as many kids and to be uh, a force for good in reuniting those children with their families. Right, right. Like that's the hope of foster care right. is not that, um, that I, I foster all these kids and I get to keep them, right, yeah. but that you foster a child, you give it a safe place while that mother, while that father, while yeah. that grandma or that auntie mm. is able to receive the care they need or go through the um, different steps they need to take with the county to bring that child home. Yeah, That's the goal, is the reunification of, of that child and their family. Right. Now, it doesn't always work that way. Right. And that was the case with Mateo. Mm -hmm. And uh, we... Picked him up from the hospital. It's super embarrassing story. I was on a double date with my girls. We're on State Street in Santa Barbara. We just got Slurpees that. at Seven right. Eleven, <laughs> and my phone rings from the social worker, who says we've got a baby that needs to be picked up at the hospital, and the hospital's a couple hours away. And I was so flustered. Mm -hmm. I said, "Pencil us in," <laughs> and then I hung up. Which is a super embarrassing thing to say. Yeah, like, pencil yeah. <laughs> in for a child? Um, and so uh, we asked some questions after I called her back and kind of gathered my my thoughts. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they said this is a, probably a short-term placement. Great. And so we went and picked up our, our now son. But at that point, right. uh, this little baby who needed a home. And I told Brianna driving to the hospital, I said, I, I will not look at this child mm. and say, I love you. Oof. I can't. Sorry. I can't let right. my heart yeah. go there. And um, I mean, God was doing stuff in my, my, uh, my heart, but I think I had Eddie or Mateo. Mm -hmm. He has two names, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first call, he went by Eddie before yeah. he was adopted. Yeah. 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 So when yeah. we adopted him, we gave him the name Mateo as well. So as Eddie is his name, but um, I held him and I looked at Brianna. I was like, I'm going to love this child. And um, still with that, that thought of like, he's not ours forever. Right. Um, but that was like a huge moment just in me personally, like being so opposed when we first got married to being in this place, holding this child and being like, no, I'm, I'm going to love you. I'm going to give mm. you every part of who right. I am. And, everything I can give you, mm -hmm. even though I might say goodbye yeah, in one week gosh. or two weeks or three weeks. Um, and so that was kind of our heart and our mind going into it is we never expected this right. to turn into adoption. Mm -hmm. And it did, um, which we're super grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he's just been this amazing part of our family. Yeah. There's that tension though, that exists in that, that there are so many families who, um, struggle with infertility yeah, and struggle yeah. having a child and they foster with the hope of adoption sure. and maybe they foster one, two, three, four times and it still never turns to adoption. Right. And so, um, I mean, we feel lucky. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we feel guilty hmm. knowing that we got to adopt this beautiful sure, boy and yeah. there are other, um, families out there that have fostered and haven't had that opportunity right. but in the end we just look and we see god's fingerprints mm. just all over the situation yeah and you were there you yeah. and cosmo right. when we brought little eddie mm -hmm. wrapped up um crazy coming off the effects of drug exposure and all mm -hmm. sorts of stuff to home group 
Right. You know, you guys were there. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a wild ride. Yeah. And now he's how old? Turned two in January. Biggest smile in the world. Yeah. He's got the best smile. He is. He makes he makes everybody in the room feel good. And he has been a huge blessing to us, to our yeah. our faith community or right. our family. It's just been incredible. Mm, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to pause real quick on the adoption just to kind of let yep. our emotions, you know, set a little bit. <laughs> All right, making me tear up. You're tearing up. All right, here we go. Uh, back to the cooking. Yeah. Which dish are you most proud of mm. making that you've ever made? Oh, man. So you put your heart, soul, and mind into your, into your cooking. It's not just a flippant thing. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's it's really turned into like an out, a creative outlet for me, mm-hmm. and it's a hobby that I enjoy. And I don't feel guilty doing the hobby because it serves a purpose. We get to eat, but I love caring for my friends by cooking. I think my favorite thing, and this is like, I mean, I know this is lame. It's not fancy. It's That's not right. gonna get me a spot on match Master Chef, <laughs> but I just love. Um, cooking meat cooking meat <laughs> cooking meat is there a specific uh, type no I, I like it all um and uh steaks and roasts mm-hmm. and uh all of it and yeah. and okay. like the science side of it there's some great cookbooks um one by uh an mit grad who turned chef and looks at how you can how you can cheat your way to the best tasting steak at home and you don't even have to go out and pay 90 bucks for it and that's my favorite thing right is when you go to costco and pick up a pack of steaks yeah and you cook it and you're like i didn't even have to go pay 110 dollars for that at yeah rare society or totally or ruth's chris unless they're a show sponsor Mm -hmm. and an advertiser then i'll tell everybody you should go to those places right you gave me two tips that changed my cooking. All right. And I'm not a great cook, but the two, well, one was a gift, a meat thermometer. Uh-huh. Now I actually know when it's ready to be eaten. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, a big one. And then the other one is just butter. Lots of butter. Lots of butter yeah. changes the game. That's the French, right? Butter <laughs> and salt make everything good. That's the game. And, the game uh, changer. No, I, I enjoy it. Cool. Uh, what would you, Aaron, what would you describe? All right. And three words. We, we got to t- chat a little bit last night about this, so that, m- that might have helped you. We'll see. Three words, your current season of parenting, what mm. would they be in three words? Yeah. Whew. You can be as honest as you want. Yeah. You want me to explain each word or I, I only start, get yeah. to speak? No, no, no. no. You get the three, three words, words and then you can explain why. Sure. Um, three words that explain my current season of parenting. Um. I think mission, exploration, and patience. Yeah. Um, mission is like I, I think as a father, my mind has been really focused on how do we live as a family on mission Hmm. for Jesus. Like how do we remain kingdom minded Hmm. in our decisions and how we live? And so I think that was like most um, 
on display maybe i guess in our foster journey mm -hmm. like we took our girls on this journey with us and they felt like they were fostering mm. right and, and that i feel like that's different than like hey your mom and i are going to foster a right. child yeah. and like be ready like we really wanted them to feel like like god was asking them to have a heart mm. for orphans and for children who need a home yeah. and so i'll never forget and i should have brought tissues but i'm gonna <laughs> do my best like we brought eddie home and addie held him mm -hmm. and you know it was like a girl who has this new doll mm -hmm. and then left for a while and came out of her room and she's like here i colored this picture for eddie it's of our family so he can take it when he leaves and goes back to his oh, family man. and like her mind was at this <sighs> place like she was ready to love this child up until the point where he couldn't be with us anymore um, chills right now and yeah. like working for asm has been um, difficult for my family in a lot of regards i was just out of the country for two and a half weeks right. which is a long time when you have little kids and you yeah. just look at one parent and you're like hey you work full-time and take care of three kids by yourself i'm just going to go on the other side of the globe right. and it's when it's in the middle of the day and you need to talk to me i'm going to be sleeping you know right, like right. and it's been financially difficult in in needing to raise my own support and mm -hmm. not being fully funded all the time and and so we've really brought the kids tried to bring them in on this and say like hey this isn't dad's calling mm. to ministry but this is our family calling to serve Jesus. Mm. And so we as a family live on mission. So my kids pray for my monthly supporters mm. and we thank them at the dinner table with our meal for the people that help us put that meal on the table. Awesome. I took Addie to Uganda in August right. uh, for her second trip to show her that this isn't daddy's job. This is our family right. mission. Like, and how do we as a family unit, make an impact in the kingdom right so that's the mission one the exploration and these will maybe go quicker is like um, my kids are so different from one another that we're in this season brianne and i have trying to look at them and say who's god creating you to be what are your gifts and what are the things unique about you that we can begin to call out over your life Addie, you're this mm -hmm. we see this Let's press into that. Hmm. I want to explore who you are as Adeline Cronin, right. which is different than Charlotte Cronin and exploring Charlotte. Like, who are you and how yeah. are you different? And what has God uniquely designed about you, Charlotte, that's going to be used by him? Right. right. Whether she goes to be a missionary or um, or be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, mm -hmm. like this has nothing to do with vocation, but just life calling. God's yeah. built in you something unique so the kind of the exploring of like you guys are different we want to begin to call out what we see mm. god doing in you as an individual and then patience is just what i don't have <laughs> I, like i don't have it right, sometimes right. i tried to lead my family like i lead business mm. like i lead a staff meeting or like i lead through our 10-year plan at aicm right, right and it doesn't work and my children aren't employees, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. they, they don't adhere to a job description. Mm -hmm. And, um, man, I just, when I hang out with dads, I, I know this is a theme, but just the patience to let them be children right, and right. to 
to let them fail and let them spill the milk. And I hate messes, my guy. <laughs> I hate messes. I hear you, man. I hear you. Uh, and just the patience to to step back sometimes, even in my desire to protect right. them. Yeah. It's an Enneagram 8 who just loves all things protected and mm. all of my sides yeah. covered. I can't protect my kids from everything. Mm. And I'm not even sure that I'm called to protect them from everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And really open-handed with my kids being like, they're not mine. They're, they're God's kids. Mm -hmm. I have them for this moment. And like arrows, I hope to shoot them into the world. Yeah. Ready to just like live for him. Right. But I need to be a patient father. And that's a challenge for me. It's something yeah. I'm really working through in this this season of life. I hear you, man. You're preaching preaching to the choir. My Ooh. my word has been gentleness for yeah. me is working on gentleness as a father. Mm. But I think they often go hand in hand of like coming yeah, like the the little moments where you're like, we have a schedule, we have something to do and we're going for it, but like okay, maybe we can just let this go. Yeah. Let them, let them be kids. Yeah. Um, and that has its, you know, time and place too. But uh, I hear you, gentleness and patience. Mm. We, have, we'll be, we can be praying for each other for this. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so going going back to kind of the foster fostering to adopt, um, I know one thing your wife has said before in, in her prayer for Eddie or for Mateo was that God's handwriting would be written all over his story. Mm. Uh, can you share some of those big God moments that was like, whoa, like God did that. God was moving here. Yeah. Um, and, and Brianna's is better at this than me um, at most things actually. And, and <clears throat> you'd know that being someone that looks in on our life. She, <laughs> really keeps the family together and and uh is the glue and lives in the moment so much better than i do and can see those things and mm. i think for us there was this fear uh that was present in that fostering to adopt season of our life a fear like we made something happen mm. on our of our own will our own desire, which is scary because there's so many times in my life where I've made things happen and they weren't what the Lord wanted. Mm. And in his grace and his patience as a father Mm -hmm. allowed me to do that. Right. (laughs) And sometimes it wasn't devastating and other times it was, Mm -hmm. but we here sat in this situation with another life in our hands didn't come from us, right. you know, mm-hmm. and to think like we forced something, we made something happen here mm. was, was scary. And I think what, maybe that's super unclear. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so on the other side of it was yeah. like this extreme desire to like know and be in God's will, mm. which is like, always trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Like I was a pastor for a lot of years and I can't ever tell you that like 
man, I just always know God's will for my life. Yeah, it's right. always super clear. Yeah. It's not. Right. And um, there's a desire, like, if you're going to be a part of our family and God does that, we want it to be so clear. It was you, God, sure. that when Matteo grows up and he says, why am I not with mm. my mom? Yeah. Why am I not with my family? Mm. Why am I in a family that looks different than me? Right. Um, that we can look back and say, hey, here's your story. Right. Here's what happened. And here's how God did it. And right. God Amen. moved. And so, um, like we tried to live, like I said, really open-handed in that. And um, and in like loving Eddie as much as we could, but knowing he could sometimes right. go back. But um, there's just a lot of stuff. and And I can't like go into a ton of yeah. details about it because it's Eddie's story and sure. this is a public format yeah, and there's right, a lot of sure. pieces, but things with some of his advocates in the county and mm -hmm. attorneys and um, them speaking to us and confirming things we thought the Lord was telling us. Yeah. Another family that's involved in this with uh, who had adopted one of Mateo's brothers mm -hmm. um, who in our conversations with them uh, came to this place where they just looking like we believe God wants wow. there with you and yeah. like, Oh man. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that was really our desire that God mm -hmm. would write his story yeah. and that he would then weave it if he chose to into our family. Sure. Yeah. And so I know we've written some things down Yeah. that, there'll be times to share with Mateo. Totally. Yeah. There are parts of that story. We haven't been able to share fully with our girls as they're mm. just eight and six. And yeah. Right. Their, their time to know them isn't yet, but, but we have those and we'll discover them and awesome. as a family. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that, and you kind of touched on it was just the, like, the, the, the doors only God could open. And, mm. and then even like you mentioned, the, the families and the people involved, the like, um, trying to figure out what the word is, but the like, the the blessing or the, like the, what is the word that they, like you said, they wanted, they felt like, yes, like you guys are the right home sure. and that other people agreed with that and like seeing God kind of touch their hearts um, in certain situations that felt like, man, how is this going to happen? And God mm. did it. And it was like, Oh, wow. All right. Like you, it's clear that, you know, Eddie yeah. is going to be hopefully entering our family yeah. um, that we could, you can do on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a scary thing. I mean, up until the day and you guys came to the court with us and we were surrounded by, mm. you know, family and friends and, but up until the day that the judge says, all right, he's yours. Right. You live with this fear. Right. Maybe not fear, but this, this, this feeling that he could leave you. Sure. He could be taken. Aaron, could you share um, with, so, you know, before Eddie came along, having your daughters, a, a dad of two daughters, how did you, and it sounds like God did a lot of this, obviously, but um, how did you prepare your daughters for the fostering slash adoption process? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a slow roll. A lot of conversations, uh, starting with things like, how would you feel if? Mm -hmm. What would you think about if? Mm. What do you think God would want us to do? Mm. And not in a manipulative way, but in a, in a really honest way to explore their hearts and their feelings, sure. right? Like, they have such tender hearts. Right. And these minds that are still... Um, by God's grace, um, naive in mm -hmm. a good way, right. children, yeah. that, that leading them intentionally through that process was important. And so a lot of conversations at the dinner tables, a lot of conversations on one-on-one -on -one dates mm -hmm. to try to show them like, Hey, this could be different, but you still have me, your mother, you have our attention, you have our time. Yeah. Um, but like I said, going back to that kind of like, like what's our family calling? Mm -hmm. God asks us to care for orphans, like full mm -hmm. stop, period. Yeah. In the Old Testament, right. in the prophets, in Psalms, in Proverbs, and in James. Right. And if that's really his heart, what's God asking us, right. you as at that time, mm -hmm. a six-year-old? Hmm. How can we do that? And what you'll find, I think, and my encouragement, I hope you give me a chance to tell everybody that they should foster. Right, yeah. What you'll find when you enter that journey is that kids are just, they're they're more primed hmm. to say, okay, God, yes. Wow. <laughs> you know? like, and, and that's Addie's thing. Like, there's a boy or girl out there without a mom and dad. Like, hmm. we got to do something. Right. We got to do something. And... That's there awesome. is there's an urgency in children to to believe God and follow him yeah which is challenging for me right um, but really beautiful mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome so kind of those those questions at the dinner table and and the and the probably like family conversations as well as one-on-one -on -one conversations are probably both important right or were both important in kind of prepping them for sure. And there's a lot of prep to foster or adopt, you know, there's home visits and meetings with social workers. Mm -hmm. We worked with a para county organization, I guess, okay. called Angels here in Santa Barbara mm -hmm. that is a nonprofit in of itself that works with the county. And okay. so they send people and you go to meetings and you have to do the, the yeah. trainings. And we tried to include them in that work as much as mm -hmm. possible. We're getting ready. We're doing this together. Yeah. Awesome. I know for us, like we're conversations with you guys and some other friends who have gone through similar processes. You guys have definitely opened our eyes, which is funny to think like open our eyes to, to orphans, but it's like, I think a lot of people aren't even think are obviously not thinking about that in the, in the Christian world, at least in America. And so I'm so grateful for you guys and your experience in Uganda too, like, kind of open our eyes to that and like, hey, we should think about it and mm -hmm. we should at least have a conversation around it mm -hmm. if this is the heart of the Lord and even says his will taking mm -hmm. care of orphans and widows. So, yeah. um, And so you guys have been super helpful with that and um, probably be more helpful down the road because I think mm -hmm. that's something that we've, we've talked about and we are wanting to be more open and seeing where the Lord would, would guide us through that. So. Awesome more conversations to be had in the future for sure between the Shermans and the Cronins. <laughs> um, 
a little lighter, lighter question. How has, you know, Mateo's a lot different than the girls. How has raising a boy been d- different so far than the girls? Yeah. I mean, it's been fun. I, I love being a girl dad. I love the, the cuddling and the dates mm-hmm. and the, the conversations. Both my girls love to talk, and you know, the, the tender things that you share between a father and a daughter. Sure. I know not every daughter and every girl's the same, but yeah, it was my experience with my girls. Yeah. Um, and then Mateo came and we're already sword fighting and he's <laughs> wrestling and there's just another beautiful side to right. um, raising a boy. And I see a lot of that tenderness that I experienced with the girls for his mom you know, for Brianna. Sure. And that's been really beautiful to see and I'm glad mm-hmm. for her. And so it's, it's been cool. It's been, it's, you know, kind of fun to have both of those experiences. Totally. And Mateo, like just watching him, like he just like, he came into your family. It seems like seamlessly mm. like he was like, that was a part of his story. And then yeah. God was like, you were going to be entering the Cronin family mm. and you're going to fit in perfectly and so like God was totally preparing him for it too. And and you guys, man, you, you can see the love that just exudes out of him for mm. you guys too. So praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, Amen. Uh, he's very creative. All right. Last question. You've been doing so great, Aaron. A lot of, a lot mm. of good, sweet, heavy, hard, hard questions I've been hammering you with. So last one, uh, what are you currently most enjoying about this present season of fatherhood? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I think I'll go back to the three words. Like the exploration yeah. is fun uh, of who my kids are, learning them, studying them, um, learning why in certain situations I butt heads with some and not mm-hmm. others and recognizing what parts of their mother and me are in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's yeah. it's fun. Uh, the living on mission is 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 fun most of the time. Yeah. It's daunting. I never right. feel like I'm doing it well enough. Hmm. Um, so that's what I'm enjoying. Uh, and I hope that continues as they grow older, mm-hmm. as my kids transition yeah. to teenagers and all those things just become more important. Yeah. Learning who they are and right. learning how to still speak to their heart and mm. have open hearts in our family right. and open communication, all with the goal of sending them into the world to make a difference for the kingdom for sure yeah i you made me think i had a conversation with some guy some i think dad one time going off that word exploration that one of the big goals of a dad is to be the the expert of your kids Mm. and just like you said exploring those things that you and your spouse um and seeing who they are who has god made them to be and i love that you said like calling those things out in them so that they know like hey this is how god has made you to be because oftentimes even as adults we don't see those gifts we don't mm. see those qualities that like god has made and so i love that you guys do that and i think it's really important for them to see and for them to kind of realize and grow into um as they you know grow physically and spiritually and everything so um Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the kind of link to AICM if anybody's interested in checking it out and uh, reaching out to Aaron. Um, And uh, Aaron, thanks for being a part of Rad Dads. You you are a rad, you were a rad dad before, but now you're officially (laughs) 
a rad dad. We should get to matching tattoos. Oh man, we'll see. We'll um, see. just a final thought. Yeah, and totally. you can edit Shoot. it out because uh-huh. you have the power to do that. We'll see what happens. But um, the scouting report was was far kinder than it should have been, <laughs> and I say that to let you know we're far from perfect parents here. And um, there's no perfect fostering situation, right? Or perfect fostering family. Uh, but my encouragement is that many people listening to this already have everything they need mm. to foster a child, yeah. which is um, a loving and safe home uh, and a love for the Lord. Yeah, I think it's so important and you can do it. I think one of the hardest things that people ever say to a foster family is I could never do it because I could never love a child and say goodbye, mm. which the assumption is um, that somehow we love a child less. It's not the case and you can do it and you can love a child and give it everything you have. Mm. Even if that child leaves your home yeah. and goes back to their family. And so do it, yeah. please at least get information. If the church would step up and yeah. fill this gap, man, I, I can't imagine what that would do for the gospel sure. and the kingdom in our community. So thanks for having me, Micah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Would, would you mind praying us out? Yeah, let's do it. Lord, we um, we thank you for being a good father to us, being kind and patient, long-suffering. And God, we just want to imitate that to our children. Lord, through our fathering, we want them to see you ultimately. God, I ask that we would hold loosely the things you've given us, including our kids. Lord, recognizing that they're yours, you have a plan for their life, and we're here to help realize that. Lord, break our hearts for orphans and and kids who need a home and and a safe place. God, uh, if there's someone listening to this that's wondering, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move in their heart to explore the possibility of opening up their home to a child in need. Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen. And that was episode eight. Wasn't it great? Thank you to all our listeners out there. If you want to know more about AICM or information on foster care, check out the links in the show notes. Feel free to leave a five-star review if you like the interview. We are both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for your listening pleasure. Hope you enjoy your time with us and we'll see you May 1st in the coming episode of Rad Dads.